and welcome to Level Up and Friends, uh, where every week those of us from the store Level Up Entertainment gather a group of friends and we just talk about uh, various things we are interested in. This week we're talking Super Nintendo, uh, our experiences with the system. Uh, we're going to talk about some of our favorite games and probably give you some suggestions of some games we consider underrated. Uh, this I am your host this week, Scott, uh, and with me I have... Yeah. Hi, I'm Sean. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. I'm one of the owners of Level Up Entertainment. <laughs> I know a lot about Super Nintendo because that was what I did for most of my childhood. I guess I'll go next. I'm Greg. I'm the other owner of Level Up Entertainment, and I grew up also with Super Nintendo, even though I had a Nintendo, and that was my first experience with uh, gaming. Ladies first. Okay. I'm Katie. Uh, I'm actually a former employee of Level Up Entertainment many, many, many moons ago, and a friend of the store. <laughs> and I'm I'm Joe. Hi, Joe. Everybody, he needs no introduction. Yeah. No, everyone hey, knows. Jar, new Tim. Yeah. You, you, you might know Joe from the the, uh, the baseball episode. Yes. Uh, Level of Friends podcast. We're going to talk about baseball here. Um, yeah, I heard that one was trending. I mean, we yeah. could. <laughs> and I really could. I know we're going to get off on the subject, but I mean, it's off the subject, but Joe, I was actually thinking about bringing up a baseball simulator uh, 1.00, because that's one of my favorite games, too, for Super Nintendo, but I decided not to. Well, let's Just get roll. into it a little bit, guys. So I'm going to preface this. Uh, the one Nintendo console I skipped growing up was the Super hey. Nintendo. I got a Sega Genesis instead. Oh, uh, man. So I... Sega does, but Nintendo. So my experiences with this console are completely as an adult and, and not connected to nostalgia. Uh, not entirely, because a bunch of my friends that have Super Nintendo, so I would go play like Street Fighter and Mario at their house. Um, but I, I did not grow up with one. Um, it, it's kind of funny, Scott, because like you really don't like sports, and Genesis had the best sports games. Yeah, games. that's unfortunate. Yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't play games. Sonic the Hedgehog. That was the the tipping point for me. I had to play that game. So, game. Scott, why why you bring that up? It's so funny because uh, before we like started for real, real, uh, I was talking about having written out a bunch of notes. And one of the things I wanted to write about was like the FOMO of getting a Super Nintendo as a child, where like you're like, I can't play Sonic though. Yeah. Oh man. And yeah. like I remember being like my mom asking me specifically that Christmas, like leading up to it, which one did I want? Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis? And she had already bought a Super Nintendo. Uh so it was really a moot point. But I remember agonizing over it. And being like, <laughs> You know that Larry David gif where he's like, uh, I just, I never felt like I, I was solid about it. And, but like looking back, I'm glad I went with the, the Super I, uh, As a kid, I always, I never wanted a Genesis. I was definitely a, a uh, Genesis stinks, boo. But as I got, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm kind of glad I did that because a lot of the Super Nintendo games I really like now, I would not have been into as a kid. All of the RPGs I would not have had the patience for. That's all I played. Um, and I would say uh, Super Nintendo, I mean, I guess I can't say that because PlayStation 2 exists, but it might have the best collection of RPGs, uh, I think, for a console. There's a ton of underrated and like ones that you, um, it's hard to find. I'd go through those later if you want to. Yeah, there, there's... I was going to say, Scott, honestly, like the other thing you, you locked on on, like the games you're into now would have cost you a fortune back then, right? Like the... <laughs> RPGs and, and a lot of the bigger games for the Super Nintendo were like 80, 
Chrono Trigger cost me ninety dollars. Ninety bucks, yeah. 90 yeah bucks I, I remember Earthbound being like in this huge box as it came with the manual and stuff, and I think that was like at least eighty bucks too. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I ended up paying a lot more for my copy of that because I got it way after the fact. It's it's, it's um, funny to talk about the RPGs because I definitely the one thing I was super jealous of. I I really wanted to play Fantasy Star as a kid. After I got into my my you know played on my RPGs on Super Nintendo, I really wanted to play Fantasy Star and just I still never played Fantasy Star. This is going to turn into a Sega Genesis podcast. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to let a little, to, to let people know how the sausage is made a little bit, there's probably well, a I'll circle back and do probably another episode on Super Nintendo with some other uh, guests at another point. But eventually, we'll probably hit, we will hit all of the major uh, retro consoles, and Sega Genesis is on my list because that, again, that is one I have nostalgia for, um, and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. Um, but with that, uh, you guys want to get into talking about some of our favorite games here? Sure. Well, I was going to say, maybe we, we should give like a little bit of background about what the system was and like how it followed. Sure, if you uh, want to let us know about that. I, well, it was something I wanted to talk about because I yeah. thought that for me, the, the system really embodied the name in a way that uh, Nintendo has kind of tried to do ever since and never really succeeded. But the idea of a, a Super Nintendo, everything about the, the system felt like the original Nintendo, but better, you know, from the mm-hmm. controller it was kind of similar, but it had more buttons. You know, the graphics were, like, much better. and that, But it's still, you know, like, recognizable Mario's Mario, that kind of thing. And I remember it being, like, the hype around the release of the Super Nintendo was one of the earliest memories I have of those... Uh, you know how the news would like pick up on, on nerdy stuff once in a while? Oh, and they yeah. would do the report where they would go into stores and they were like, the latest Nintendo has hit the shelves. <laughs> and people are going crazy. There have been I, lines, you know what I mean? Like, they would do I, that. I remember seeing lots of stuff where, like, uh, moms are like, oh, we just got them this thing, and now we have to buy another thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Super Nintendo, like, this, and to an extent, like, the, the just the 16-bit generation in general, I mean, I guess because I was a little bit older and a little bit more aware of, like, marketing, but I really distinctly remember a lot more of the marketing for this era. <laughs> Um, that was also when we like really cranked up like the '90s toot and like gross out type stuff. Yes. Like, remember, yeah. was it for Kurt? No, it was for um, I think it was for Yoshi's Island, where like the fat dude at the restaurant like eats so much he explodes. Yeah, yep. what's that have to do with Yoshi's Island, where you have a baby on your back and like? Yeah, yeah it's like Monty Python's Meaning yeah. of Life scene. Yeah. But for Yoshi's Island, I forgot about that commercial. That was there, there was that Kirby one for um, was it Kirby Superstar where all the kids turned like round? And it's like an epidemic at the hospital. Again, it's got nothing to do with Kirby. There were a lot of them. The Final Fantasy III commercial had Mog murdering, like, just, like, blowing up monsters. Like, in a really sinister way. And the (laughs) Earthbound stuff had, like, scratch and sniffs, like, Mm -hmm. magazine ads. It was really I was just going to mention the Earthbound stuff. I I remember that specifically. And it was, like, the marketing didn't work because – especially for Earthbound, because everything was disgusting. Like, I remember that being, like, the moniker. Well, the, the tagline was literally, this game stinks. Yes. That's the one that's they went it. That's yeah. it. Sell a game. And I was like, how the hell are you going to sell a game like that? <laughs> like, game. I can't believe people didn't want to buy that. I mean, <laughs> it'd be one thing if it was Boogerman and they were doing it like that. They spent all their money on Bubsy and said, <laughs> this game stinks, I don't want it. But it really, like... <laughs> just to circle back for a, a second talking about like the release I mean I, I remember very vividly when I got my Super Nintendo on uh, probably the first night of Hanukkah if I remember correctly because I knew that I knew what the box looked like and everything so I, <laughs> oh yeah 
Um, What's good about getting that the first night is you can get games the next bunch of nights. I only know. I only got uh, – well, did, did, did Mario World come with it, right? Yeah. It came I think Mario it. World yeah. was a pack-in originally. Oh, yeah, so I, I might have gotten a game with it too, but I think I only got the Mario. But I remember playing that game, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, how old it was. Oh, it came out in, what, 90? 91. 91, yeah, so I was – uh, 12, 13, something like that. Oh, yeah. I was six. Um, yeah, yeah, 12, whatever. But I remember like thinking to myself, how can graphics get better than this? How Like, this looks so beautiful. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it, it <laughs> mind-blowing. No way. Graphics can look better. Real, no way. Yeah. No way. No how. Yeah, compared yeah, to Mario was... World to Super Mario Brothers, like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was, yeah, that was really one of my first experiences of, like, the same but better. You know, it was like, oh, my God this is so much better than the last one. You know, it was such a, it was such a leap forward. And, and that's something that video games did like a couple times. You, it almost set the precedent. Well, it did, right? Because this was the first huge leap. And there was Atari to Nintendo, but I felt like Nintendo was more of a reboot than, you know, the next iteration. And then they one-upped it with the 16-bit era. And then 32-bit era was, oh, now it's in 3D and it's so much more extreme. And they, you know, we kind of like got to a point where it stopped being that big of a, like, Nintendo to Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is a completely different game kind of thing. Yeah, you like you look at like some of the PS5 like com- like games are coming out. Like it's like they look beautiful, but it's also like eh, they're marginally better looking. They're, they're better frames per second and stuff like that. But like yeah. just the look of the game, it's like okay, like I see a difference, but it's not like Nintendo Super Nintendo or Super Nintendo to N64. Right. It's not revolutionary. But also too, I, I I would I would also say that I think you can go back and like it's not as bad, but like I think. N64 era games, like they have not aged well, like graphically. They look like dirt, most of them. Like, I would say, yeah, that's the whole 32 bit era. Because I think yeah, like, like, the ones that are the polygons, like the ones that are sprites, you know. Right, like, right. I mean, like Marvel's Capcom on Gen- or Saturn was amazing looking. You know, there's some games that look really nice. But like all the polygon stuff, they, it just doesn't age well. And, and like from there, yeah, and even two like, like, right now. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember when I thought it couldn't look more real than Goldeneye. Um, yeah. that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I remember the, the four poly the hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but that's like that's a really good point. That's something that the Super Nintendo has benefited from. You know, mm-hmm. looking back at it, it has aged really well graphically. Like if you boot up a game on the Super Nintendo now, if it was one of the the top tier like best games it it's just as entrancing like it's it's an aesthetic and fidelity that people still aim for like that 8-bit 16-bit retro hey, look at all those style all those uh in indie games i'm putting air right. not really indie anymore they're all 8-bit 16-bit you know more or less something yeah. that probably could have been on super nintendo at some point I, I will say my favorite retro cons of all time is the nes but Going back and playing that now, there are certain caveats you have to have. You don't really need that with Super Nintendo. Yeah, most of the games, like once after the first year or so, I would say like most of the games that are worth playing uh, still hold up. Like they, they run at a decent frame rate and they look nice and the controls make sense. Or like some old NES games, you know, that might not be true. Like the frame rate's awful and there's flicker or... Or like, yeah, like, know, like how Mega Man, like just everything, yeah, all the screen flicker and stuff. Right, there's you know, all that stuff you kind of got used but... to. They're still good games, the but like, yeah, there's caveats to them, you know? But yeah, and that was less so with the Super Nintendo. The games felt like they were more finished to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, 
but yeah, uh, well, with that, you know, we're talking about Mega Man and, and some other of our, our favorite games here. They all kind of had like a, we know the, the NES was kind of infamous for their weird experimental uh, sequels. I think the Super Nintendo is when we got like the first real true sequels of certain games. Like, uh, like Link to the Past is much more of a true sequel to the first game than uh, Link than Zelda 2 was, uh, mm. The Adventure of Link, because it takes yeah. what the first game did and then iterates and improves on it. Um, and I know that that's a particular favorite amongst many of our panel members here specifically. It is. And it was one of the things that when I was thinking of it feeling like super, you know, the system was super, Nintendo games, but super, that's a great example, right? It's like similar format and gameplay to the original NES Zelda game, but everything looks better. There's just more of it. The world's bigger. There's the puzzles are more complex. There's more items. It's, Going back to the whole like graphics discussion, that's another game that today still holds up. I think that game looks beautiful, even in 2020. Like, I played it. (laughs) (laughs) That's not surprising. (laughs) Usually, looking at the other day. Yeah, no, it's 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 I like you said the graphics, the jump up. I mean, it was so good that they when they put it on the they made the game for the three the 3ds between world link between worlds. It was almost the same aesthetic, just a little different, but still the same setup. Like they didn't change it. So, yeah, they basically like mapped it to 3D polygons, but that was about the extent of it. Same, same idea, same premise, same boss, and the one looked like a hamburger. Same (laughs) hamburger, hamburger boss. I know exactly which one you're talking about. (laughs) The one on Death Mountain, right? The worm that's like, it goes around and the hamburger. That one always knocked me off. That stupid tail. Yeah, I got real frustrated in that. I've never actually beaten Link to the Past. Oh, that's, that's one that oh, oh. I know. It's one of my big Zelda black eyes. You can do it. Every time, it I, every, time, every time I play it, I get farther, and then I'll get, like, frustrated by something and stop. Probably Super Nintendo games are probably the games I've beaten the most of. Like, I, I'm very notorious at, like, picking up a game and playing a little bit here, a little bit there. But Super Nintendo, I think I most of my collection I've beat. Well, I can't say most of my collection, but majority I've, you know, got to the end and, and beaten the game. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, not I hadn't really thought about that, but I think that's true for me too. And I think it's because a lot of those games really incentivize the idea of, of finishing them, because there was like an ending, there was a story to some of these games, uh, or like it was you didn't know what they were going to do next. Whereas, you know, just looking backwards at some of the older games on the Nintendo, sometimes you just get to a point where you just give up because you knew it was the next stage was just going to be that, but like a slightly different color of it and harder but super nintendo was more you know we were like oh the next stage can be completely different we're like i need to know how the story resolves oh absolutely i also think with like when it so you know sean and i grew up same age uh you know we had the nintendo when we were kids so you're playing a game you're not really invested in it when you get to super nintendo we're starting to become you know almost teenagers getting right into that so you're going to spend more time playing these games that you're going to be more invested in than a nintendo game that you might not. With that being said, I play a lot of Nintendo games too. But um, no, I, my my Super Nintendo, I like I had it. I got lucky because I never had to decide between a Genesis and a Super Nintendo. I know that's why you were one of my friends because uh, I had a, I have a brother. One and of my the friends, brother yeah. got the Genesis and I got the Super Nintendo. So the Super Nintendo was in my bedroom. He had the Genesis in his bedroom. That's why I can like talk about Dynamite Heady whenever I want because I really like playing it. But I always had the Super Nintendo. So I think I made out like a bandit. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you did. That's why I'd be like, I want to sleep over at Joe's house tonight. And then I'd want to spend the whole time in your brother's room playing Ren and Stimpy on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you just. Yeah. I remember that. Now I remember <laughs> it. All right. I said I was going to, I threatened to turn it into a Bubsy podcast, but I'm just going to, I'm going to push for Sega Genesis now. We're going to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Sega does with Nintendo. So we're, we're in. <laughs> Boom. So, so in 1990, Sonic the Hedgehog was released and revolutionized what we thought gaming could be. I like that you're ready. Hey, I'm hosting, I host a podcast <laughs> for a reason, God. I guess. Um, is Sega paying you for this? Yeah. I wish. Uh, no, this episode's sponsored by Skillshare, but um, <laughs> but no, 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 no. All right, so let's 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 talk a little bit. You know, we're talking about some games here. Let's let's get into a little bit of our uh, our favorite Super Nintendo games. Now, I can mention what my favorite Super Nintendo game is. And occasionally in the store, people you know will ask you that to kind of get you know to make conversation thing with you. And mine's always surprising to people. And I had to think about it at first. And I was like, you know, what game do I still keep going back to? What game have I beaten the most times? Just like. What game do I always go to when I hook up my Super Nintendo? And that is uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. That's my number one pick yeah. for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, yeah that's a not one. just because of the, the, the subject matter, which I'm a big fan of, but other than it ha not having four player, it, I think it improves on, it's a home port from the 16-bit era that improves on the arcade because there's so many more stages. You can play as the, the, animation or the comic colors of the turtles which once i discovered that i never went back i um, never understood that at first i was never a fan of turtles i'm like what why are they all yeah. the same color i had no yeah. idea for a while yeah but like me and my friend kendall would well we've beaten it on hardcore or the hard mode like i think we're getting our time down to like 10 15 minutes somewhere in there i was gonna ask if you um had... oh we play it oh, we've played man. it so much <laughs> um, i think the best i've ever done was 19 minutes yeah well I, we I, have well we have to play it on hard because at the end, that's when Splinter tells you you're true ninjas and everyone gets to jump and freeze frame. But if you beat it on normal or easy, he's just like, well, you're not true ninjas. And then the game's just a bummer at the end. Don't oh you skip stages on the lower difficulty levels too? Or am I remembering it's been, that wrong? No, I think they're all there. But it's also been a really long time since I played on lower difficulty levels. I, I remember when I played that game the first time. I don't, I don't remember playing the arcade or not. But I remember when I played on the Super Nintendo. I was so like amazing, like how like that the the level that in the terror drum when you're throwing the them at the screen, the uh, foot soldiers, like that was yeah. so cool. Like that was amazing. Yeah, and, and that's that mode the, seven graphics, yeah. man. Yeah, that, that's one of the console exclusive stages that you didn't go into Technodrome in the arcade game. Uh, after Sewer Surf and Shredder just sent you into a time portal from that's which right. you never escape. Oh my that's god, right. you're right. But Bebop yeah. and Rocksteady aren't in the arcade game. Um, Slash isn't in the arcade game. Slash yeah. was replaced wow. some mud monster. So it had more recognizable characters, uh, and because it had more stages, they still had Toka and Razar. They just moved them from the pirate ship to the uh, arcade game, or to the uh, Technodrome, rather. Um, but like the music in it also slaps. Oh, so that, you know what? I think that soundtrack defines the word slaps. Yeah. yeah. So good. What, what does slaps mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. The kids, Listen to, yeah. you know that soundtrack, uh, the, the music for the first level, where it's like, and you're just like immediately into it? Yeah, yeah. that slaps. That's the first level's called Big Apple 3 a.m. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, all of it's, oh, all of it's so, it's one of my favorite gaming soundtracks. And like, yeah, it's so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, like back in the day, we did a. Remember when we did our old old level up podcast? And we did our favorite video game soundtracks. 
I mean, yeah. that, we, can, we can revisit that again at some point because that was really oh, good. I, I, I'm definitely down for that. But that, that old podcast that. is why this the first few episodes of this one were called the New Level Up Entertainment Podcast because I was uncreative and couldn't come up with a name. There are times of charm, right? Yeah. Um, but, but, I, but I really like this new one because uh, it was inspired, partly inspired by Garfield and Friends. So... <laughs> <laughs> And I think that, if you want to talk yeah. about underrated, all right, two things. One, yeah. if you want to talk underrated, Garfield and Friends is an underrated yes. cartoon. It's also access now. It is a great cartoon. It two, is. if you want to start a Garfield and Friends podcast, Scott, uh-huh. let me know. All right, I'll let you know. <laughs> we can talk about Sheldon. <laughs> and I was going to bring up Sheldon. He was my favorite. He was a great character. And uh, what was that called? Barnyard or what? No, Barnyard. Uh, that was the end Friends part. Um, yeah. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there a title to what they were called? I don't remember. It's been a minute since I've seen To this it. day, yeah. whenever someone says the word Wyoming or I read the word Wyoming, I think it means no state here and that there is no state of Wyoming. Uh, does anyone remember that gag or is it just me? I got I remember, it. I have a vague recollection of it. I remember it. There's a bit with Garfield yeah. explaining Wyoming is not really a state because it really means no state here. And it's just it's amazing anyway oh my god I have to oh. you, could cut, you could cut this out no, I'm staying in back to turtles yeah <laughs> yes um so anyway, that's my, my feelings on turtles in time um not that i expect that it's one of you guys to be like oh that sucks but i know it's yeah, a little bit it's a what little bit of a, an odd pick in your game just because there are so many hits no, I mean, I don't think it's an odd pick. It's, it's one of the best games on the system. Like, you can make an argument, honestly, like, I think, yeah. I mean, we, we talked a little bit beforehand, but I think we can make an argument from all the games we're picking from today of our favorites. You can make a point that it's a, one of the best games on the system. You know, I think so. Five, you know? In fact, I, I think, like, Go- top 20 easily. Google agrees, because when earlier I Googled best SNES games, and, in fact, I have it up right now, uh, and I can tell you that Turtles in Time was pretty high up there. It beat out, um, oh yeah, it's like uh, top 20, maybe. Just like right on the verge. I'm not going to count them all. It's right yeah. behind Final Fantasy VI and right in front of Contra Three. So it's, it's definitely company, one man. of the best ones. You know, I, I was, before before we did this, I was Googling uh, underrated or hidden gems. Uh-huh. And because I was just trying to like, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And I was like, what did other people think? And then people pick stuff like Final Fantasy and like Act Razor and stuff. And I'm like, and Zombies Ain't My Neighbors was like number one on all of them. Like people don't talk about these games. But I think that's because my opinions on this stuff has been skewed from working in the store and talking about this stuff for so long. I, that, I was thinking about that too, right? Yeah. Like, how, do you, how do you define a hidden gem? Because, you know, for, I scoffed at myself when I was thinking, like, oh, I could talk about uh, Tetris Attack. And I'm like, it's not obscure. It's not, yeah. you know, but it kind of is, you know, it's to the average is, person. But... The regular person. You know, yeah. like, but yeah. it's on the Super Nintendo Classic, right? You know, it's, but, like, it's not. Anyway, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's hard to judge that for, you know, having our perspective, but, like, knowing, like, the, the games that cost, like, $4,000. Yeah. Right? Like that's that's a hidden game. That's a rare, obscure game. So our our barometer is way off for that. Yeah, um, Katie, what's your what would you call your favorite game for uh, this SNES here? Well, yeah. um, actually, it's Bubsy. For <laughs> <laughs> I say I prefer Bubsy too because of the Nerf tie-in. Really gave it that like authenticity. 
I'm saying. sorry. Go on. Go on. <laughs> okay. Change the top of the game. My favorite game of all time is Mega Man X. Always has been. I I don't think. I still think to this day, if I had to pick a favorite video game out of every single console that was out there in existence, Mega Man X would still be my number one pick because I, as a kid, I played video games nonstop and like. When I say nonstop, I mean nonstop. And a lot of games I thought were a little too easy. So when I picked up Mega Man X, it was kind of like the perfect, like at the time, it was like the perfect challenge for me. So like I just became obsessed with it to the point where I asked my mom if she would make me an X costume for Halloween one time. Yeah. She didn't do it. Oh. Didn't do it. But oh, man. <laughs> Because that would be some amazing, amazing it would have been, but like, content right there. Is... It would have been cool looking. Well, but... you do have the... <laughs> I, I will say uh, Mega Man X is a great game. One of the, I think the thing that, I think it's secret sauce is the, the controls are so fluid and, and like you have so much control over what your character can do that it's, yeah. just, it's just fun to run around and platform in, I think. And the game's designed around that, right? Yeah. Like, sorry, Kate. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Care. But like, it's it knows how you move. It doesn't mess with you on that, right? Like, it's built for that dash and run and and slide mechanic. Absolutely. It actually the um the funny thing about Mega Man games is that in a roundabout way they kind of teach you how to play the game. Like they're actually designed that way. So if you kind of pay attention to some earlier like the earlier like NES Mega Man games, the levels were designed in a way to kind of show you like hey, this is coming up. You should watch out for this. Like, you know, whether it's a platform falling or like the bricks like showing up and disappearing. I hate those stupid things. <laughs> they're, they're, they're what keep me from beating Mega Man games. Awful. I still can't do it to this day. So. But like X kind of did the same thing as, as like when I was a kid because it was, you know, we had those manuals that came with the games, but that was kind of it. There were no like tutorials. It didn't really teach you how to play but like through the design of the levels itself it kind of taught you how to use your controls how to use your weapons um jump and shoot man upgrades everything like that jump and shoot man well, have you ever seen that? that video katie yes yeah, i have it's yeah. fantastic I was it is, that's I'm actually the, sure what i was referencing <laughs> it is a brilliant game i mean it literally has that first level that is that it is teaching you how to play that game but yeah. like it's it's in a ruined on a ruined highway and this music's awesome. There's like spiked robots falling at you. So you're learning how to play it while it's awesome and not boring, you know? It's, it's... The, mu the music, oh. Another game where the soundtrack slaps. <sighs> no, straight up, like, definition. No, it's, 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 just, it's just chock full of bangers. Yes. Katie, real quick, wasn't that game, didn't Meg Max also have, um, you can find the Hadouken too? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't yes. remember which one it was, but I know one of the X series had it by Connor. Armored Armadillo. And yeah, so actually cool. armored armadillo's level. You can, it, what you have to do is you have to 100%, let me see if I can remember this. You have to get all of the, all. Um, it. Yeah. what's yeah. that? Armor upgrades. The, the yeah. Doctor, like, armor upgrades. It's all the armor upgrades. And then you have to do armored armadillo's level like three times, I think. And then Dr. Light's capsule like appears way at the top. And it's the very, very end of the level. I think you have to die. Like, you it's have to the die final for seven times. Or yeah, something, yeah. Like, something like that. And, I don't remember uh, the number, but you have to make that final jump. Yeah. And it's the most, it's you have to be pixel perfect. Yeah. And it's it's so it's like, aggravating. Like, oh my God, it's aggravating. And it's also fairly useless because it's so much lag to shoot one thing where you can just have a shoot button. 
Because you wow. have to do the input. You have to right? do the input. Yeah. You have to do the actual input. The quarters, I mean, it's a fun Easter egg. If you do the speed running of it, that's the yeah. way maybe every boss afterwards. The, that's the only way. Is it really? One shot. Interesting. One shot, yeah. It one shots at like almost every boss. Did not know that well. Wow. I didn't know awesome. that. So I guess Scott and I just suck at it. Yeah, we're just bad. <laughs> no, I, I can't do I it. I can't do it either. So, I, I have only done it one time and I've never been able to do it again. To, to, to be fair, I can barely hold, pull off Hadoukens in Street Fighter. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I've only done it once too, Katie, and the only time was in, on the PSP version, the Maverick Hunter edition. Really? Yes. The only time I've ever earned the the Hadouken upgrade is on the PSP. Oh my Never God. got it on the original game. I did do it on Super Nintendo, but I just did it, and I was like, all right, that was the last thing I did in the game, and I was like, all right, I did it, so I can say I did it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love his little like voice. It's so adorable. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, oh, yeah, X is a, a, good is a great game. Oh, so good. I can go on for hours about it, but. <laughs> but I digress. I mean, it's no, it's no Mega Man soccer, but, you know. I love that game. What is? So yeah, nothing, nothing can be Mega Man soccer. No. All um, perfect style game. <laughs> See, the, the, there's one that's underappreciated or, re- like, it's not, like, rare, but it's, or not expensive, it's, but it's underappreciated. It's underappreciated. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not common, too. but. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't particularly care for Mega Man Soccer. I think it's more fun that it just exists. You're dead inside, Scott. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Have you no soul? Yeah, not really. You want to run around with <laughs> Dustman? What? Yeah. Uh, so we've, what, what do we have so far? We've got Turtles in Time. we got Mega Man Mega X. Man X. Uh, Greg, what about you? My, my, my favorite, my, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up so everybody can see it. It's uh, this for the right audio here. version. All right. But, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it too. <laughs> Final Fantasy two or four in Japan, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But uh, the American two. Um, my, my, I think that's. Fr- I mean, besides Final Fan- the original Final Fantasy for Nintendo, it, it, that's what really got me. In, that's what got me into um, RPGs. Final Fantasy like made my love cemented my love for RPGs. Just it's the game that I love such a basic story of like good versus evil and just like graphically was really cool and you get you meet all these really cool characters and look look beautiful and the music again was great um the overall was really cool um i just it was a game i spent 80 plus 90 plus hours playing i think i just i just love it it's, i play it every i don't play it every year because it takes a lot of time but i do play it pretty often um it's probably my, my favorite game for super nintendo now, now it's interesting that you picked final fantasy 2 because i think most people pick three Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I was debating on on bringing on doing that one myself. I, I, I think that's my because three is my favorite Final Fantasy game. I, I think yeah. three has a I, I like two a lot. I think I like story love. I think three has a like has a better story in general than two. And there's and I don't I don't think there's hidden characters in two, but there are hidden characters in three definitely. Yeah, there's hidden characters. In um, and I don't want to again. I know this game's you know Final Fantasy three is years and years and years old, but I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But man, I, that, that that midpoint in the game is amazing. Like. It's the first time I, my, my jaw dropped, like, oh, my God, like, yeah, what a crazy yeah. thing to happen. Yeah, but Final yeah. Fantasy 2, 2, 2 slash 4 is also an amazing RPG. Oh, yeah. I, I, um, I, I would say it's probably got better characters than, than 6, you know, 3. I think you, there's a smaller cast. Yeah, so it can that. focus on them a little bit more, and they, tell, they can tell a, a, a more detailed story with them. I thought two was had a more personal story than three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And I was I, I was gonna say that uh, two is never my favorite, and I, I remember kind of like skipping over it at the time. And it was actually like I went backwards with six, five, four, so three, and then 
five that never came out here and and two yeah. was the order i played them in and i remember thinking that like it looked really rough like graphically you know that because it had been, like it was an early release mm-hmm. if i remember correctly 90, it came out 91 yeah 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 so it's the first year so uh you know it didn't look that impressive but once i actually played it i remember the first mission you do as, oh, crazy. as Kane, it's like you're you think you're this knight and you're going on this you're, you're sent out by the kingdom and i'm gonna butcher because it it's been ages since I, I played it uh to take this package to a town and when you get there it, you find out it's a bomb and it destroys the town and Those one of those people yeah yeah you you, you you murder a town and you're responsible for it and then the, that's a character has to grapple with that and one of the character survivors of the town becomes a party member later and there's like a pathos to it for these like little tiny you know like what like 16 by like four sprites that are just like it's it's it it made video games feel like they could be so much more than just you know reflexive fun you know arcade experiences like you can tell real stories with this stuff and two had an amazing story like i played i played four on the uh gba when it came out and i just remember blowing through it super fast just because I was so sucked into the story. And I was like, wow, like that's what really caught me about too, was the story more than anything. Yeah, it, like, like Sean said, it grabs you right away with that mission. You're like, cool. And then you're like, and the worst part is like, you go with your best friend in the game and then you find out he's a bad guy. Because uh, bring it, he helps uh, you bring it to the, the town to kill all these people. And, but yeah, like, like I said, like, two is a personal story where three is more of like the group story. Yeah, three, uh, three is a little bit more global. But, but, but two, like, like, I never really thought about that. Like, two, graphically, it is not as nice looking. Um, but the, I think it, it's to set the standard for RPG gameplay. Like, the very basics of it, at least. Well, yeah, I think at the time, it probably was impressive, right? Like, I played, like, because I, I, I passed that game over at the time and came back to it after playing the better, arguably, much more advanced looking three. Uh, so like it was in comparison, but I bet like, if you played it early on, it probably was like, whoa, look at all, there's a lot of colors on the screen. I mean, it's it's just, 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 I mean just compare it to, to Final Fantasy on NES. Wow, right. there's more than black? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, there was like a blue, blue strip, you know, with some yeah. green. You can have more than four like characters. What is somewhere? this? Um, not, to, not to disparage Final Fantasy on NES, because that's still a very impressive game yeah. on that console. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, but like, you know, and granted, there were actually there were more sequels in between. But for us, it jumped from Final Fantasy One to Final Fantasy Two, which is really Final Fantasy Four. Um, so that's kind of a huge leap in just in every aspect of the game: storytelling, characters, music, setting. Just it's on much more powerful hardware. Um, but yeah, no, Two Two is a good pick. I'm glad you brought that one up, Greg. I yeah. think of of the Final Fantasy main games on that that's the more underrated one i would say mystic quest is much more underrated well, mystic quest is the best battle music but that, i would say that's <laughs> i would say mystic it quest is very I, good. I think mystic quest is a little bit more uh by design uh meant to kind of not be as memorable in a way well it's, it's an intro to rpgs i mean not yeah. to get into it i, I talk about that for hours but I, right I, and we have and it's always great yeah, uh, I've, I always, actually, I've always called it baby's first rpg it is right yeah that's what uh, it's meant to be i'm not trying to disparage it yeah what's up Sean? I was going to say that like, I think it's it, I think it's really interesting that uh, you picked Final Fantasy two because it has this really unique release that not a lot of games got where they actually changed the game pretty heavily uh, for American audiences 
and which was which was not super uncommon at the time and it's become like increasingly less common to alter content if you're bringing it out to other countries but like at the time japan and square didn't have faith that americans i think nintendo's pushed this too but i could you know correct me if i'm wrong the, the idea that americans could handle an, a difficult rpg they thought that if they released a game like final fantasy 4 uh, that americans wouldn't play it and they'd be turned off so they they called it Final Fantasy 2 because, like Scott said, we didn't get the other ones, in-between ones, and then they made it easier. Like, they, they made fundamental changes to the gameplay so that it was less difficult because they just didn't think we could handle it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like going thrown back to, um, again, not Super Nintendo, but that's why they, we never had the lost levels in America. Yeah. They thought it was, right. Americans couldn't handle the difficulty of it. Uh, and it that a, it worked out for the best. Yeah. I, think I agree. Was, well, I know it was a combination of that and that it looked exactly like the first game, so people would... I know that was a concern where they're like, well, it's not pushing the envelope any farther. Um, yeah. But I kind of hate Super Mario Brothers 2 slash the Lost Levels, as it's known <laughs> on Super Nintendo. It's just cruel for no reason. It is. Yeah, it is. and I, I, I think it's fun. Um, yeah, the Super Nintendo is the first time Americans got an opportunity to play the Lost Levels, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's with All-Stars. That's yeah. uh, one of my potential alternates, depending on what you guys uh, want to bring up. Um, <laughs> I was going to cheat and pick Great. Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World because I was like, oh, Mario World's going to be cliche, but that's one of my top ones. <laughs> oh, God. And I was like, oh, I could just pick that and get all of them <laughs> uh, on one cart. Um, but Joey, how about you? What's your, what would you say is your favorite Super Nintendo game? My favorite? I mean, Super Tennis is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's so many copies out there. Yeah. Because yeah. I have four. Jeez. Uh, I don't know. I there's two obvious ones. I don't know which to choose as my favorite. Well, uh, I'll pick one and then we'll circle back around. Okay, then that's easy. Uh, then I'll talk about. Uh, we were talking about it earlier. It's it's the upgrade of all upgrades from NES to Super Nintendo. Well, no, the other one is like that too. Uh, I'm gonna say Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite. I play it more often than I play other Super Nintendo games. Um, I just love it. I love the graphic style, the uh, you know the weapons, just everything about the game. It's such an like you said, an upgrade from the first Zelda that I I play it all the time. And now in in today's world, they have it where you can play the game and have all of the items randomized throughout the level. So it almost so gives cool. like new life to the game mm. that you're playing it and try to remember where you go and you face bosses differently than you did before but i i love the game i love the style of everything about it and it's i mean it's it's a it's an easy pick i feel like it's, it's most people's top it's for sure top 10 of super nintendo games it's not it's like a, a it's many people's number one zelda game um, oh yeah, we just talked Zelda. about this. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about when we talked about Breath of the Wild. We, you know, we talked about our history with the, the Zelda franchise, um, and Sean went into great detail about Link to the Past. Excruciating. So, so go back and listen to that episode once you're done with this. So, one. Yeah. So, um, a, a, a fun Greg fact for Zelda is I have never played a well. That's that's 100 true. I played a little bit. I have never really played a 3D Zelda game. I've, I've played I've, I've played a little bit of um so have you only played like links of the past yeah oh, ocarina of time oh. never i played that for a little bit never played majora's mask never played wind waker never played oh my uh, 
any on the DS. All the other ones because you like, remember the name of. But, yeah. yeah. But, wait, no, hang on. You did play Twilight Princess at E3 2005. I did. Yeah. And I that sounds like, wild. Ten minutes. But again, I've only wandered that world. I never really played the game. Like, wandered I mean, that, that is Twilight. playing the game. Busted, Greg. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, a, gotcha. I'll rephrase I haven't enjoyed a 3D one. We've <laughs> <laughs> got a joke fact off of Greg's fact in the same vein. I haven't finished a 3D Zelda. I think I've I've played a lot of Ocarina, but then I got like originally on the on the 64, and then I got I stopped playing for a day or two in the water level, and I went back and I had no idea what I was doing, so I stopped playing. Stupid water. Yeah, level. It, it, yeah. With Zelda, there's um there's two the two styles that the the overhead classic style and then the 3d the lock on ones and it seems people generally gravitate towards one or the other i'm more partial to the 3d ones um just because i like more of the spatial reasoning puzzles and stuff in the dungeons that that is more my jam versus like the the not to say that the, there's not great puzzles in, in 2d ones because one of my favorite zeldas of all time is link's awakening um but yeah it's just it's just one of those things like you like one 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 or the other and you don't have to justify it. It's just the style, you know, it's just what, what works for you or not. Actually, Sky, you do need justify it. Go ahead, justify yeah. it. Yeah, no, that's it. All right. I know I threatened to turn it into a Bubsy podcast. Bubsy. Bubsy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sky Genesis podcast, but now it's Scott defending his dislike of 2D Zelda's. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just find, yeah, I, was, I do find the combat a little... No, let's not actually do this. But, uh, <laughs> I don't just do it. It's fine. Well, well, Sean, I, the Bubsy. I don't care. Sean, uh, I think we all know what your pick's going to be for your favorite. Um, what is your favorite Super Nintendo game? Uh, so uh, this is like this is such a hard. It's actually a lot harder to answer the question than you might think. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the obvious one just to do it. But I wanted to list like some of the other games that I've been thinking of. Uh, you know, a link to the past, like Joey said. Uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, none of these are obscure, or rare. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I know what it is. Uh, Bill Lambier's uh, combat, combat basketball. basketball. Oh my God! How did you know? Why didn't they call that? Combat your friend. Why would I know? Dude, I love the box art with the buzzsaw coming out of the floor. Yeah. I wanted to play so that weird. so bad, and it looked it was awful. But oh my God, that that, that buzzsaw! It looked and he had the armor, right? Like anyway, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Yoshi's Island was another one I considered talking about because I think that game is absolutely brilliant. But okay. I, I would go with, I have to go with Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we talked about the giant box, the tagline, uh, this game stinks. <laughs> uh, I remember, uh, so I, I wasn't into RPGs when the Super Nintendo was like, producing some of the greatest RPGs ever. And I didn't really get into them until Earthbound because Earthbound was like, instead of uh, dungeons and dragons and uh, other things that were copyright infringement, but like, (laughs) instead of like that fantasy realm, it was, it was suburbia, right? Like the screenshots had a pizza delivery guy in it and you rode your bike and there was a mall and just, I still remember the, the first article in uh, Nintendo Power about it. It, was, it wasn't even a full article. It was like on the, you know, from Japan segment. Like, it's a like little, one of those previews they did, right? Like, like a little short page. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, not even a full column worth. And 
it had those tiny screenshots and I was just immediately entranced by the concept of a modern world role-playing game. And then, the, you know, the graphics are very kind of crude, but also incredibly charming, like intentionally crude, like almost like crayon drawings, but 16-bit. And there was just, it spoke to me immediately. I wanted to know everything about it. You know, every time a new Nintendo Power issue came out, I poured through it to read about it. Uh, as soon as it hit, I rented it because, again, these things cost a lot of money. So, like, we're talking 90, 80, 90 bucks for Earthbound in that giant box. It came with a strategy guide, and I couldn't afford it at the time, but I rented it constantly. Like, uh, if you remember renting games, especially with battery backups, You'd have them for what, like three, three days, five yeah, like days, whatever the period was. A week, yeah. not lucky. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then you you'd get so far in the game and save it, and then you'd have to bring it back, and then like you wouldn't be able to rent the game again until maybe Friday because I, that was me anyway. I could rent a game on oh, Friday. Yeah. And you would hope that, that the feel. game, you'd go in there and you'd be like, oh my god, please, I hope the game's please still there. Be I hope on it's there. Please be the same save, and they didn't delete it, you know, and there was. I got through the game more than once doing that. And then I eventually did buy it myself and I had it and then I lost it. I won't go into that. And I have it again, thanks to this wonderful gentleman right here. Mm -hmm. uh, well, after the point where it stopped being reasonable to it pay money. It was not reasonable. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, and I sold it to him. And it's, I have it, I have it right here because I, I still love it and I keep it in great shape. I have a, a shelf in my office dedicated to mother where I have uh, Scott, Got me this really awesome Perler bead, like 2D or any uh, NES. Uh, I have. I believe I got uh, that from a Geek Mythology at Too Many Games when I first met them. They've been at the store did. for years now. Yeah. It was the Too Many Games, uh, yeah. and then they came and they've they've been at most of our free comic book days since. Yeah, right? they've they've been they've been big supporters of the store, and I love their stuff. I've got yeah, a Scrooge I... McDuck from them in the back office at the store uh, from the the Ducktales game. Uh, my my joke is it's aspirational because you know he's there with a the treasure chest and he's rich. Um, <laughs> but I I I, I finally I was I don't mean this as a backhanded compliment, but I'd say Mother is a better as an experience than as a moment to moment gameplay. Well, uh, just real quick for people yeah. who might not know, Mother is the Japanese. Oh, title. sorry. Yeah, fact, Earth, Earth, I have sorry, yeah. I have you can see it in the box for Mother Two. When yeah. I went to Japan, it was a priority that I pick up. <laughs> mother one and two boxed and that which are which is great because at the time they're like 30 bucks each so they're no big deal yeah they're, i think they're, they're, they're more now there, but, yeah but uh but uh yeah no I, that's an interesting take uh well, i'll fight you later because my, my well my experience with the game is i finally played it like three four years ago and i was after like hearing about the hype for it for years and it became like this infamously like hard to find game and i finally got around to playing it you know, I'm playing, I'm like, this isn't bad, but I'm like, is it living up? To me, it wasn't living up to the hype. And then after I beat it, like, the farther I got from the game and the more I kind of reflected on it, the more it, like, really endeared itself to me. That's like, the game. Yeah, because, like, moment to moment, I'm like, oh, inventory management is super annoying. That's awful. Yeah, I thought the game was... I thought the game no, was... No, the inventory in that game is so clunky and frustrating. The combat is, yeah. is clunky for the same reasons. All menu-based people who are familiar. Yeah, it, it was is. Those, yeah. It, but, like, in retrospect on it, I'm like, I really like that game. People should play it. Yes. Um, they should. And, yeah. and I don't want to derail the whole thing, but just, like, one more thing to say about Earthbound is that it's, it's a very reflective game. It's, it, it forces is. you to stop at various points throughout the game and think about what you've done up until that point. You know, and not to spoil it, but it's it's also very old. But at the very end in the game, it's very reflective. 
you know, the final thing you do and the way that the end boss fight resolves is all about thinking about how far you've come. And the whole game in and of itself is about growing up and, and what it means to be a kid in a world that doesn't really make sense to kids. And it's just, there's so much going on in this game that makes it almost impossible not to feel endeared if you're paying attention to it. Yeah. Right? And that's not to say anything about how funny it could be at times, you know, because like, the translation is really good and just, it's the, the game was uh, made by Shige, Shigesati Itoi. Itoi is his last name. Yeah. I don't know. I'm butchering his first name. But right. he's, he's a writer first. He was in a, uh, he's a Japanese author and, and columnist. So he, was a, he wanted to make a game that was about something, you know, not just a video game. And it's about growing up. And, it's, and I think it's, it stands the test of time because it's, it's something so different and heartfelt. It was way ahead of its time. Like, I feel like that's why so many people slept on it because it was like, it like it was almost like the gaming world wasn't ready for it, at least well, America. I, 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 will say, I think so. Yeah, at least here, I don't think the marketing did it any favors. We talked, because it's- Oh no. It, it's, it's all, the marketing found, killed it. I found it off-putting at the time and it doesn't reflect what the game's about at all. Not uh, even co remotely. Combined with the high price point and uh, the fact that RPGs were not major sellers here yet. Um, I think it had a lot of things going against it. And then I think uh, the, the best thing that happened for it was uh, Ness showing up in Smash Brothers. Because yep. when yeah. I unlocked Ness and Captain Falcon, I was like, who the hell are these characters? Who the, <laughs> who the hell is Ness? Said everybody in 1999 when they yeah. unlocked him in Smash Brothers. Everybody at the same time was but, like, but he was a great, people? But he was a great, weird, offbeat choice. And I'm glad that he's in it because it, it helps bring Mother... Or, the mother series, you know, Earthbound to to the greater gaming consciousness. Yeah. And, and I'm really glad you mentioned it. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I heard about it. And then I looked up like, what is this Earthbound nonsense? And I went on the internet and I played what I thought was his game, which uh was the Famicom one translated. But uh Oh, which is even less of a fun uh, experience. I don't I, I think that, I think that, that game is kinda unplayable. Like once you get to Magic Ant, it's it's really hard to tell where you're going. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's yeah. I don't want to derail it. it yeah. um, there's a lot you could say about the Mother series. Mother One is di very different from Mother Two in a lot of ways, but it's also very much a first pass. And it yeah. feels like Mother Earthbound is like the the final draft. Like, eh, yeah, they got it. You know, like it, yeah. it's much more of a completed vision. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, you don't need to have played the first one, which is good because we yeah. did not get that here. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, we, we also have, um, you know, some other games we, we talked about that we want to bring up. Um, and I guess going off of my comments on Earthbound. So there's so many good RPGs on the Super Nintendo. I know we name dropped a bunch of them. But the one I th feel like, A, has great characters and tells a good story. But I think the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is, is the most satisfying. And I picked it over Final Fantasy VI. Um, but I think Chrono Trigger yeah. is, is my pick for, for best RPG on the on the console yeah i i just realized that i said every after someone says the name of a game i just go yeah because yeah. they're all great <laughs> they're all amazing <laughs> every game we've mentioned so that's far from the heart sean that's from the heart and greg i know you've had a, you've had a lot of experience with chrono trigger uh in, in the past i did yeah i had um yeah it's great game do you want to talk about it or? yeah no i don't actually it's, it, it hurts <laughs> um because yeah. Because a long, and let me tell let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a quick story about Chrono Trigger for me. Well, <laughs> so, long long time ago, as I mentioned earlier, I think or when we were off, I forget. 
little Greg saved up his money and, and bought Chrono Trigger. Years and years and years and years later, I worked, I was working at EB Games in Deptford Mall. And there was this girl that I sort of liked and, you know, and we were just, and she likes RPGs and I get the best. She wanted to borrow Chrono Trigger. I was like, no, 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 you, you can't borrow Chrono Trigger. It's, it's my favorite game. I spent a lot of money on it. I can't, I can't, I can't let you have this, but let's, let's you borrow this. So she comes back late. She kept on bugging me about it. I'm like, no, no, no. So finally she came back to me and she was like, okay, this is, this is the deal. I'll let you, I'll let you borrow my Vagrant Story, King of Dragons, not King of Dragons, Legend of Dragoon and uh, Resident Evil 2 for PlayStation. Oh my God. And I'll let you borrow. <laughs> That's so, oh, it's so close to being the same value now. Like, yeah. yeah. Like- <laughs> I said, since I liked her, I was like, sure, that seems fair. And she's not going to go away with my my awesome Super Nintendo game. I have three of her really great games. Mm-hmm. That being said, uh, I never saw that game again. Um, and then I actually, that's the, it's, the, it's the only game I've ever rebought complete. Like, I don't care about getting, like, other games, like, just the cartridge or whatever, but I had to have that game back complete. So I finally bought it off of Wes, um, who may have been on this podcast before i forget i'm not sure he, he was on the deep space nine episode okay uh, <laughs> watch that one um, uh-huh. i bought it from him at a really good price he was very generous i think it cost me 130 dollars at the time for complete that's wow. amazing yeah. that is really good because uh, he was getting rid of it anyway but so i have it again but it's not, it's not exactly the same but i i, I really like the game i thought it was uh, it's not my favorite rpg on the system um I, I, but I do i do like the i think it's the best action rpg on on the super nintendo there was like uh uh, that was the other. I'm drawing a blank on the like, other games. Like, like, like Secret of Mana and stuff. Yeah, Secret of Mana. Thank you. And like, um, Secret of Evermore. Evermore. Um, yeah. Secret of Evermore. But um, I, it, the game is really great, and I really like. My favorite thing is you can play three players if you had the the multi tap for the Super Nintendo, which was really mm-hmm. awesome. And me and my friend also played two players quite often on that game. On Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I completely forgot that you could do the multi tap on Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play the you third could... character. And like, Square did that a lot. They, you do that in Final Fantasy III as well, which is yes. so disorienting when you're like, it's you. And you can do yeah, it on no, you. Yeah. Go. It's your yeah. turn. You can do it on the, in the it, Secret the of Mana. beautiful. Too, the story's yeah. there. Like, again, it's a really great story. Um, oh, yeah. This, another, like, kind of personal, even though it's about, like, saving the world and time. Yeah. I mean, um, and I think that's, that's the first game. I, I Probably not the first game with multiple endings, but it's the first one I'm aware of. It had 20, 20 endings, I think? Yeah, it had a ridiculous amount. Uh, without let, me check the, let me check the backs and the back of the Japanese box to see if it says how yeah, many. Um, Thirty. Yeah. There. I don't know, but it, there's a number thirty-two on here. So maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but um. The answer. It's thirty-two. Yeah, no, it was also amazing because it's uh, again we well we got the Dragon Quest games here, but they had different box art. So this is the first time I remember seeing Kira Toriyama art from for a video game rather than like Dragon Ball. And it's it's so interesting because the the Super Nintendo box art is completely out of continuity with the actual game. Uh, you have one character uh, using a fire spell. That character does not use fire <laughs> in spells in the game. Like, all characters have distinctly one uh, elemental, elemental attack, yeah. right? And they have Marl uh, shooting fire and on the cover. And, like, uh, it's so funny that it is, that's like, that's awesome. it's great artwork. It's a great cover, but it's just, like, yeah, none of that made it into the game. Yeah. The Japanese box is just a lineup of the Akira Toriyama characters. And, like, yeah, okay, that's representative. Yeah. <laughs> and going back to like, the, the, the gameplay, too, like, the the, I, the item system was real, I thought, real well done in Chrono Trigger. Like, it was really easy to get your items, change them with that circle wheel. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you're thinking of uh, uh, Secret of Mana with. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think Mana. Well, I was just say because because what Chrono Trigger has is uh, everyone everyone's got special moves, but depending on your configuration, you can unlock various combinations and team attacks that would have different. So you can have different strategies with different builds of characters and certain time periods because you can travel through time in the game. Um, like there's some you might have to you only have access to certain characters. At, at different points in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking. I'm sorry, Sky. Like, I'm yeah. getting confused. Wow. Yeah. Tired. <laughs> well, you said action RPG, and I was like, ah, it's turn-based. Yeah, I'm really it's not really long. Chrono Trigger is an amazing turn-based game with with yeah. the triple attacks and stuff. I am like, I'm. Wait, I'm, did did that girl take Chrono Trigger or Secret of Mana? Oh, she took Chrono Trigger. Yeah. I've heard I've heard the story. <laughs> I heard, the story, I heard the story many times, and I was there when he got his new copy of Trigger. Trigger. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm getting confused. Yeah. Well, we can talk about Secret of Mana, Greg, if you'd like. Nah, I'm I want to talk about Chrono Trigger some more. Right? Yeah. But uh, no, I love it. I love that the time travel setting, super, or time travel gimmick is super interesting. It's like your party member's got a couple of, like, a, a you know, modern day protagonists, but you get a robot from the future. I love Frog. Frog you, go, yeah, you go to the Middle Ages and get a knight who's cursed to be a frog. You can go back to like caveman times and you get this cave woman joins your party. So you have this really weird eclectic group of characters um, and they all kind of have to work together to fight like this one entity that kind of affects all of the different time points. It's so uh, good. It's, I can't explain it without sounding like a crazy person, but it, it, yeah. it, it makes sense when you play the game. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just be that meme. I don't have I'll, enough hair. I'll for rephrase it. it. Credit Trigger is one of the best games on Super Nintendo RPG wise. So yeah. my bad. Yeah, I honestly, Chrono Trigger's got that that perfect sweet spot of like the the story feeling and like there's stakes to it without mm -hmm. it being bogged down in melodrama. Like the game moves so fast. Like if you go back and play it, you can blow through this whole game in like I want to say under thirty hours to first playthrough, and then like because there's new game plus, you can do it even faster. But like you know, it's really efficiently told. Uh, it feels like you're constant. The pacing is excellent. The music's phenomenal. The gameplay is really fun. The combat system is rewarding. Like there's just everything just clicks into place with this game in a and, way that I rarely happens. And you get all of that without sacrificing any of the character. Like the characters are all fully well realized and have their own personal stories. And like well, they don't try to go too far with it either, right? Like, yeah, they don't exactly. try to like go like you don't get. You know, like when I was a kid, I went through all the, you know, they don't like have long exposition of character backstories. It's very like, you know who they are by the way they're animated, by the way their speech is, you know, like the way they talk and like yeah. how they act throughout the story. And they all do feel very realized. Like, it's really Squaresoft at its peak in probably its best age. Um, and I will say as much as I love Final Fantasy VI, I do think the characters are much, much stronger in Chrono Trigger. No, really? Chrono Trigger, yeah, versus Six. Six has a couple of characters have some really great stories and some really great moments, but like half of them don't really get don't don't reach that same level. Whereas everyone in Chrono Trigger, including optional people, you don't necessarily have to get. Um, I, I think they all at least have one really great standout moment. I I I think you're right in that they're all really well defined. I would disagree if only because I don't think there's anybody in Chrono Trigger that's written as well or is as as deep as uh uh oh my god, Terra uh okay. from six. Who's got a really interesting arc, but anyway, we don't have to go into all that. Uh right. but I think it I think it's it, it speaks to how much you can say about 
some of these games that you could really just talk about one of these games for a really, really long time and yeah. have a ton of interesting stuff to get into. Yeah, and and again, again, I don't want to I don't want to hog up everything, but as I know, we all had some other alternates for our favorite games. Uh, um, but if we want to want to get into some more of those, um, Joey, I know you had another game that was very much in league with Link to the Past that you want to talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, I would think you know, as we said, I feel like Link to the Past is a lot of number ones for people, where some people may say this is their number one as well. I know that Scott doesn't really like it. I know our friend Brian doesn't really like it. Brian um, likes it a lot less than I do. Yes. Nobody cares what Brian doesn't like because Brian <laughs> no. doesn't like everything. Yeah, I, know. Is... I, I have that reputation. He is that guy. Yeah, no, he, he's he way worse than you are with not, not liking things. <laughs> but the tie with the super aspect and the growth from uh, the NES, uh, the answer is Super Metroid. Uh, I tried playing Metroid on the NES. I didn't know where I was going. Everything looked the same. You start up Super Metroid and you're right into it. You're starting like you were playing, you know, one and the graphics are great. The soundtrack is great. Oh, the mapping, the weapons, the searching, the just everything about it. so good in it. It's just, I, I play it multiple times a year, but I always, since moving into the house, every New Year's Eve, I beat it. So I beat it to end each year. Um, <laughs> It takes me longer than it should, I guess. What's your time? It's not great. Any percent? It's What's your time? It's like, oh, come on. No, it's, oh, it's so, not so an hour good. and a half. It's, it's, it's closer to two. It's, it's closer okay. to two. Yeah, you're under three hours. It's really damn Because I don't play it that often. So if I played it more, maybe I'd be a little faster. Oh, only once a year. Um, yeah. But I love it. I love the, the graphic styling. Uh, it, it brought my love of playing games that are kind of like, uh, you know, the metroidvania kind of yeah, certain games i was about to say like i know i know we just made a joke about how i don't like super metroid i love everything in super metroid i love everything about it but playing it because i'm not just a big <laughs> i'm just basically not a fan of metroidvania style games because I, I i i'm saying well, with, like with castle with Ooh. castlevania specifically i prefer the prefer the more linear ones oh circle um, of the best castlevania game sorry uh, that's fine. It's just it's not a genre I'm into. Night, sorry, but I, I love the the atmosphere and <laughs> Metro and Super Metroid. I love the sense of isolation and the the, the dread and foreboding you have in it. I think it controls fantastically. I love all of the ideas of it. I love the story of it. The music is so good. It's just one of those things. It's just I, in playing it, I just can't get into it. It's. Uh, for me, it's it is one of those games that does is a perfect embodiment of what I was talking about earlier about like Nintendo but Super because it yeah. is they even do this really amazing moment early in the game where you repeat the the same sequence as the very first sequence of uh, the original Metroid where you come down the the elevator that little like flat bar elevator thing and you go over to get the the Mari Mari ball whatever it's called the thing that lets you roll up into a ball. And then you just, but instead of uh, just getting it and then starting the game, uh, it's like everything's dead and quiet. Like you're coming back to this ruined, abandoned, you know, planet that has been completely desolate ever since you left it. And then like this eye turns on and scans it and follows you. And all of a sudden, like, you know, it's like the planet wakes up and there's monsters everywhere and the soundtrack starts. And it's just something that looks almost identical to the original uh, NES Metroid, or at least very familiar, and then 
it's totally different. It's such a cool moment. I mean, and we talked about uh, these these sequels on Super Nintendo really improving on their NES counterparts. I can't go back to the original Metroid just because everything's black and looks the same. It's so disorienting. I have a soft spot for it, but that is one of those. Yeah. Unfortunately, that and like Kid Icarus, I think have like been left behind and their sequels have been just such better experiences. Like, yeah. well, Kid Icarus, anyway. Well, yeah, uh, Kid Icarus is a horse yeah. of a different color. But Super yeah. Metroid but, is much more comparable to Metroid. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to segue now into all my right. other game because we're all talking about this. And yeah. I think it's a perfect time for me because we talked about Metroidvania games. We talked about super games being super. Well, my 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 other favorite game, which I do play yearly, is Super Castlevania Four. So I think it's a great segue. Uh, great pick. That game. Um, Probably my favorite Castlevania. And game. I think I said that it's a perfect game. Full stop. Period. Perfect. I think I can say a few things about it. Yeah, I, 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 too. It. I, I do love it. <laughs> it takes like a minute to start game that game. There. Like the the, the 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 controls are pretty spot on. Um, it's just a great game. Plus, you can jank your whip around, you know? Yeah. That soundtrack is amazingly oh. weird. It is one of the, it's the super jazzy, like all this weird gothic stuff. And it starts with that, like, pipe organs, you know, in the beginning track. And then it starts into, like, right. But then it starts getting, like, weird, like a, like a yes album a little bit. And then the underground level is, like, all weird with the drips and the jazz. Right. Uh, but no, it, 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 it's another game that has a lot of atmosphere. It's a game that really uses its mode seven. Yes. Um, oh, it's such a fun game. It's the whole. Oh my god. It's, it's oh, a level that it spins. Swing back and forth. <laughs> it's another. So game I, that, I, I have, oh, I have yeah. another Greg story for for Castlevania. Oh, as this one. Yeah. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a uh, 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 Sophia picture it. <laughs> um, it was I forget what year it was. It was some years. Is that a Golden Girl? Hang on, was that a Golden Girls reference? It was. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Picture second, time, <laughs> second time Golden Greg's Girls house. have come okay. up on the podcast. Um, Greg's house in in the den. The TV's on. We did, a, fr- a friend of mine is over. We're pl- we we to play Super Metro or play, play, play Super Castlevania. We turn the lights off because we want all the atmosphere. So in the beginning of the game, you know how the game, the game crawls and it's kind of quiet, and then it, then lightning starts and everything else. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's quiet in my house. When the, when, I put, when we put the game on, outside the wind starts churning and the lightning starts coming at the same time the game is starting up. We get so scared that we turn the game off. And <laughs> like we're like, oh my god, Dracula's coming to our house. <laughs> that, that was it, man. You just you just stepped into a Worlds of Power book. I did. <laughs> you turned on that console and you were so- God, Lord Dracula is coming to your world to drink your blood like cherry soda. Change the game. Put in pilot wings. Save the day. <laughs> I was playing that before we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, so that's my story for that. It's a great game. I love it. It's probably, again, it's a yeah. top 20 game. It, it, it's, another, it's another sequel that almost super annuates the, the NES ones that came before it. But Castlevania 1 and 3 are are really good games. They are, well. absolutely. They are, but this yeah, is yeah, no. they're, they're much <laughs> stiffer uh, because of the, the console that they're on. I mean, um, I'd say like four is still incredibly stiff, but you get that extra range of motion with the whip that makes yeah. it feel so much more fluid. Cause you know, you could do the swirl it around. It gives you a lot more, you still have the same tools, but it gives you a lot more options with them. Just mm-hmm. being able to whip at angles is a big deal. 
It's yeah, that's really weird. Compared to the very perfect. stiff for the first one. Yeah, and when you get hit still to that weird, like you get hit yeah, and you're like, you fly back. back. You better not be too close to a ledge in the Medusa level, right? Like, oh, God, yeah. But it's, it's, and it's, still, it's still a good challenge. It, it's, a, it's a great game. It was one of the ones that was like on my cusp of ones to bring up. So I'm, I'm, I thought Greg might uh, also want to talk about it. So I'm glad that that happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was on my list, too. Cause it's, I, had, I got that for, uh, I want to say it was my ninth or tenth birthday. Uh, it was like right after the Super Nintendo came out. It was one of the earliest games I got for the Super Nintendo. And uh, Joey actually would have hung out with me that very day. Because uh, we went to uh, like Roy Beinfest's, oh, I probably shouldn't say his full name, but his birthday party, like Kyle Shula's party on the games we were on the same birthday. And I remember uh, I, I was just annoyed because all I wanted to do was play Super Castle Game <laughs> <laughs> Such a good game. I love it. But that game, that, so I mentioned that like you couldn't say anything bad about it. That game drives me up a wall when I go to play the original cartridge. Because if you remember those old konami early konami super nintendo games take like a good 15 Forever. seconds to load so it's like something's wrong with your super nintendo yeah it always like every other game snaps to... on yeah. it, and it then... always throws me off when we have to test games at the store i'm like is this one broken I gotta, i'm like oh okay there it goes like, yeah it's right. it's the worst one to pick to test the system and it always makes me wonder like if it's the game or the, or the system, console like, yeah did i wait long enough or anyway uh i just wanted to on that just a little bit. So, Kate, Katie, what's your uh, what's another one of your favorites there? Well, actually, I have a, a pretty good story about this one. Um, all right. Well, it, we're in a format where stories are encouraged. <laughs> it all started back when. Paint me a word. Young Katie, five years old. Um, <laughs> something I don't know. I don't know how old I was. Uh, Four and three quarters. Anyway, I, age. I was an I was an age. Um, I asked my mom to go to Blockbuster because I really wanted to rent uh, Link to the Past. That was what I was into at the time. She comes home and says that Link to the Past wasn't available. Somebody else had rented it. But she had Super Mario RPG instead and said, I know that you like Mario, so I saw this one and picked it up instead since they didn't have Zelda. And let's just say it's pretty much number two on my list as all t- like favorites of all time. It's still to this day. It's still like my second favorite game. Like, I feel like everybody fell into that game. I don't think anybody so went to that game thinking it's gonna be good and then everybody played it was like, what the hell, this is amazing. Yeah, it was, it, but it was like, I think what was so amazing about it was that it had that atmosphere of both Mario and Final Fantasy and it was like the perfect combination of the two. <laughs> The only reason I played that game was because I saw them at Square. I saw Square had a hand in it, at, you know, somewhere. And like, that's the only reason I even tried it. So it's the only it's RPG incredible. that I've ever played. It's a great yeah, game. Yeah, and that's a. And if you've only <laughs> played so one, good. that was good. My experience with that game, I never heard of it. I was at one of my friends' house, and this is after like the N64 is out, and he was he or his sister or someone was just kind of playing it. I think it was like a, a we're at the tail end of like his, a birthday party or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm like, what the heck is this game? Because I've never seen a Mario game that like looked the way it did, where it was like, yeah, and the Donkey Kong Country esque, where it's like kind of pre-rendery. Yeah, I was gonna mention I that. I thought it was creepy at first. Honestly, looks, I did too. Game on, I was like, cl- yeah, like claymationy. Yeah, I was I like, hated oh, it. What yeah, is I this? hated how it looked in pictures. But I think it, it might have been the first time I ever saw like an RPG like that being played. 
I'm like, oh, why? This looks boring. You have to wait all these turns to do things. <laughs> but I since when after the Wii came out, um, uh, my former college roommate, because you could send each other games on there, and that was on the virtual console. And that was one of his favorites. So he sent me that. And I had sent him Ocarina of Time because that was one of my favorites that he had never uh -huh. played. Um, so that's the first time I played it, and I loved it. And it was great. And then I got into the Paper Mario series, and I never thought about it again. <laughs> it's not such a... Yeah, <laughs> that's not true, but like, it, it is a it is a great start for a weird subgenre of Mario games that should not work, like you said. Yeah, it shouldn't Mario work, Sonic. and it, yet it does. Like it's, I, I like I said, I remember seeing pictures of it and thinking like, RPG, yeah. Yeah. and it looks like muddy, and like yeah. I remember not being excited for it at all, and like it, like it looked not quite right for me. I don't know, there was something about it, and then. Joe, I don't remember who who got it. Was it you or did we rent it? But you and I played through a majority of that game. I think it was on your copy then that we played in my house a lot that one summer. I think it was eighth grade that it came out. And we, and like that, it was just so engrossing, right? Like it was just, it, it was there funny. was so much, it was a huge world. There was so much to discover, secrets literally everywhere. Uh, that that weird amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like him as a character, like being able to have Bowser on your team. I remember seeing that and I was like, what? Like, is that a real thing? And then when I got to that point in the game, my mind was blown because Bowser was my favorite villain of all time. So I was like, Bowser's my friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my mind was blown as a little kid, but I loved it. I loved yeah, everything. That, that, that game for me, like, I, I didn't like the look of the game. I didn't really like um, the music that much, but the gameplay was spot on. Like, it was so cool how you could do those extra attacks and like yeah um, yeah right and that's what real that's what really grabbed me was the gameplay and the story was good too but like just even a look at the time like I said it looked kind of muddy um and, and like I said I wasn't a huge fan of the music but that being said fantastic game and a top top five RPG of all time like yeah it's such a fun game I like the uh, simplicity of it honestly. yeah absolutely I think it's I think it like it's a perfect perfect game to give someone who has never played an rpg or doesn't really want to get too yeah it's it, it's very accessible far into it. <laughs> it's mario like everyone's already familiar yeah, yeah. Uh, with the works. that's why i played it i think it's the only reason that Same. got me in it was it was <laughs> if it came out earlier if it came out earlier in the super nintendo's life cycle rpgs may have picked maybe that's put a little right. more importance on them rpgs might have picked up a little bit more steam in the u.s I was going to say, uh, you know, you want a, uh, an entry point for RPGs like Mystic Quest. Like if Square yeah. was looking to do that, this would have been that game. Obviously, this was, what, it's super late. Uh, yeah, I it's like one of the last games. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been later than that. I'm looking now uh, at all the, I have to go backwards through all the pictures. Uh, yeah, 1996. Because, yeah, Joe and I had just graduated eighth grade around the time that game came out. And that was, yep. A year after the PlayStation launched, you know, like there was a yeah. whole new, it was a more than a year after the Saturn had launched. Like there was a whole new generation coming. It was, <laughs> oh wait, uh, forget all that. That was the fall uh, that the N64 came out. So like in the same year, like that, that system was basically done and this um, phenomenal game came out. And that, that's like you were already working on Mario 64 before Mario RPG was even released. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, there well, they was had to overlap there. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, but it was, like, one of those games that shouldn't have worked in any way, uh, especially after a lot of, like, some pretty bad uh, third-party Mario titles. 
yeah. during the Super Nintendo's life when like another, like Square at the time was just gold. So obviously it wasn't going to be bad. Like Mario teaches type, not Mario teaches typing, I'm sorry. Mario That's how my daughter's learning how to type <laughs> right now. And I, I meant to say Mario is missing. Uh, Mario's oh time, machine. time machine. Time machine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but it was just so good. It was better than good. It was phenomenal. It was just. It's still one of, I, I go back, that's one of my, like, I go back and play it every year and just play through it. Weren't like, you trying to speedrun it at one point? I was. Um, How's I, your time on that? Way to, way to call her out on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was, that, <laughs> listen, there was I, no I, time on that. Listen, I watched you set the, the world record on Aladdin for Super Nintendo. <laughs> what? I, I was in the stream for that. Well, set Wait, a what? Record. Didn't you yeah. beat, like, some record? I, I got, like... I got halfway, halfway up the leaderboard, and then Aladdin got insanely popular in the speedrunning community, and now I'm like number forty-seven. All right. But I, I was like, I was like number fifteen. Like I was. Up I know there. you were up there, and I wa I was. You were streaming, and I, I watched. Yeah. That and, I and then, like, really cool. I think it was last year. It was on, it was on some kind of marathon, whether it was like Games Done Quick or ESA or one of them. And then next thing I know, I go on to speedrun.com and the leaderboard for Aladdin went from like this long to like, it was just so many people. They but also released on Switch. Did it release last year on Switch? They did that Disney Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, that with Lion King, right? Lion King and Aladdin. It's, it's the and Genesis versions, I believe. The is it? Version, okay. Yeah. So the Super Nintendo one is different. They yep. can't, they can't re-release they can't re-release the Super Nintendo version because it technically belongs to Capcom, but I think yeah. that Capcom also doesn't have the rights to that game anymore because it's Disney. Yeah. So there's but, a fascinating story about the development of those games. I'll have to look it up and maybe we could like post it with episode later. But there's a podcast about this I listened to a while back that was just uh actually no, it's uh it wasn't a podcast, it's a video series, the double fine comes <laughs> out. I just remembered it. Okay. Uh, so the studio that does Psychonauts and a bunch of other games for PC. Double and, Fine? I love yeah, Double Fine. Yeah. So they've done, um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, some like notable type. Full Throttle. Brutal uh, Legend. Brutal Legend. Uh, Grim Fandango. Right, right. So anyway, um, there's a video series that they did where they talked to developer friends of, and like developer stories making classic games. And they talked to the one of the developers that was responsible for those, those old Disney uh, video games that were surprisingly good, and they talked they were about. So good. I won't get into it because obviously I can't like do it justice, but it's well worth the, the watch because uh, it's absolutely fascinating that the, the fact that there were two completely different versions and mm -hmm. the way these team the the teams had to make these games. I mean, uh, it's super cool and interesting. So give it a listen. Really cool. I love like that's was actually going to be one of my like I know we talked kind of talked about like underappreciated games, but. Mm -hmm. I was going to mention the um, the Super Nintendo Capcom Disney games specifically because, well, I grew up playing them. I was a huge Disney nerd growing yeah. up. I, I, I have I have one of them on my uh, list to talk about as unappreciated games, but I'll wait. Oh, really? You're done. That might be a good segue. Just like yeah, we want to go right into it. Well, I mean, yeah. I was, the only ones I was so going to we'll, mention. So was, we'll keep talking about Aladdin if you want. Um, yeah, like, like <laughs> Aladdin and uh, oh. The Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse, I think, is the oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's a fun game, the Mickey Mickey Mouse games they had. It's so much fun. Like, I I think that one, and then there's another one with Donald, but I don't know if that's... Oh, um, Maui Mallard, Mallard? I think that was... I know that was at least on... Um, or, that was Genesis. That was Genesis, no. at least, right? Yeah, that was, Maui Mallard was Genesis. I think Quacken... Going Quack, Quackshot? Quackshot. Quackshot? That was Genesis also Quackshot. Uh, see, I had a Genesis, so I'm... Um, but there was a. Was a 
can't remember what it is. There is one. I'm trying to. I can't remember what the name is. But anyway, but, the the yeah, see, the Disney one I wanted to bring up uh, was Goof Troop. Yes. Oh! It's a great, yes! A, a great co op. It's a co op game. A co op yes, like puzzle it's adventure like, game. Yeah, it's one of the few games that, at the time, like you could play together. That wasn't a beat 'em up, and it wasn't a fighting game, and it wasn't like kicking, Mario. Kicking game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a, cubicle. It's a lot of fun. A uh, cubicle. That's it. Yeah. Avengers of Lolo. I love that. Oh my god. Push, kick the kick and push block. Push push block game. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't want to complain about that too much because a lot of Zelda games have a lot of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was gonna be one of the ones I wanted. That was one of the ones I wanted to bring up because it's a it's solid. Yeah, especially if it and it's a good brother little brother kind of game mm-hmm. uh, because you because you know I had a little brother and like there's not a, a lot of two player games are like competitive, but this one you can kind of like the, like I could carry my younger brother. Yeah. It, like a little bit um but yeah that, that teaching your little brother how to play games kind of the... and then if he dies in it you can still beat the level yeah so <laughs> as he dies. if he dies you don't have to do the thing where you <laughs> that's not plugged in <laughs> ivan drago i want to play super nintendo co-op games with ivan drago <laughs> Yeah. Rocky, mystical ninja, right? That has. Rocky also, but. I call Pocky. Killer in combat basketball, I think. Yes. Why isn't that? Why isn't that game called Come Basketball? Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. That's a free idea out there for indie game developers. Yeah, let's go back to the Lambier. Hey, we did Shaq Fu. We we went back to that well. So. Yeah. Someone else can provide yeah, but, Bill Lambier. But it's Shaquille O'Neal or Bill Lambier. I think there is Bill Lambier. Exactly. <laughs> the Pistons, come on. I know who he is. I don't know sports. I know who he is. He just played, he was a center on the that's why, you, that's why you guys are in our sports episodes. Um, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, I was, oh, geez, I just totally blanked on what I was going to say. <laughs> Carry on. Ignore me. We'll, cir- we'll circle back to you, Greg. What's one of your uh, underappreciated ones? So, I think it's one I was of the ones I want to bring up, too. I, I, earlier, before on the thing, I had a couple of games I brought up that I actually had that I thought were underrated, underappreciated, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. Oh, the two okay. games I was going to bring up um, was Metal Marines. It's like an old R- uh, RTS for Super Nintendo. Really cool game. You can play as Metal Marines. Like Part of the thing is you, you build your levels up, and your big weapon was the Metal Marine, even though it was a Gundam, technically. They just call it Metal nice. Marines in this game. Um, but since the game is pretty rare, not many people know about it, this game will be underappreciated if it's kind of rare like that. I was also going to bring up King of Dragons, which I think was a cool beat-em-up game. But the game, I really think that's underappreciated, and this is the reason why, um, and this is once I tell you the game, is Actraiser. Yeah, um, that was one of the ones I was. that's on my list, too. The reason why I think it's underappreciated is because they made a sequel and took everything good out of the game. Like the whole, if you don't want, let me go back. To, let me go back. Actually, there's yeah. two parts again. There's an action part, and then there was a world building, like Sim City style part. But you play as a little cherub, and you kill these little monsters, and you built this town. Um, you found things. Part of the game was doing that, and then you would find like the the evil of in the land, and go down, and you would play as God, and then you would <clears throat> beat the boss, and yada yada. When they did the sequel, they took out the whole like farming, you know, RPG esque part out of it. I, I my guess is because they thought it would sell better not having that part to it. But the reason why people love that game so much is the whole building simulation part of that game. It just, it flowed so well together. 
and that's and, why I think actors, both, are, actors are under, underrated. And, and both parts of that feed into each other. Like the stuff you do in the overworld, like A, there's things you can miss. But like yes. as you as you build up your your because you, know, you play as God of this world, so you so in that part you're like you're like assistant angel was just a sense that just an excuse to have a cursor on the screen. Yeah, um, but like you have to to, yeah. to 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 rebuild their society and um, there's things that like people will do for you if you if you do their if you rebuild them well that will help give you like boosts and things in the yeah. the side scrolling action parts. Which those parts are also awesome to play. Um, yeah, that big sword that you hold yes. up. Oh you, yeah, like you're gonna swing a bat. Yeah, oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's so satisfying. Swing it like an axe. Um, yeah. music's fantastic. Like I said, music's great. great. Yeah, but yeah, that's what that's true in like a lot of these Super Nintendo games that we're talking about. Is like we comment on how great the soundtracks are because oh, yeah. they really were. Like they were really awesomely composed, interesting songs. For these games, and they did they did so much lifting as far as setting the tone, right? It, the, oh, definitely. The atmosphere in these relatively low fidelity games with these soundtracks, they were to this day we're still like remixing and re-recording, playing live and listening to on Spotify. Like they're just really great. It's great music. I mean, they they still use them in games today. In uh, Breath of the Wild, when you go to Hyrule Castle, they mix in the old the Hyrule Castle theme from Link to the Past in it. Yeah, you know, like it, it's. Like it, like these things still, the soundtracks alone still resonate. Um, and we're definitely gonna have to do an episode where we talk about gaming soundtracks because there's so yeah. much. We need to be on this one. <laughs> there's so Absolutely. much good stuff. Well, you actually go to concerts about for like gaming, like music. And yeah. Stuff. Like no, it's it's video game music has been a huge part of my life. I mean, like back in I know that we're getting off topic, but like back in like when I was a kid when you can burn CDs I was burning video game soundtracks onto CDs yeah so I could have them like that's absolutely it. Oh, so All I can remember Mega Man X being I had the entire discography if you will mm -hmm. <laughs> the discography the discography on the Wikipedia page for the discography <laughs> of Mega Man X well, well Joey what's one of your uh underappreciated or under uh underrepresented. I mean, some, I mean, some of those things. Hey, I mean, super tennis. Yeah. All that good stuff. But no, Bubsy uh, Two, Return of the Wolves, whatever too. it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, for me, I would, I would be, uh, it'd be wrong of me if I didn't make this uh, long-running joke first of the PPG family of the Super Nintendo having an amazing back catalog that is so large and robust you get lost in it. Uh, which is true there's a lot of games robust. you can get lost in but i'm going to talk about uh a like there's three of them there's three games all right but uh there's one in particular that has a deep connection with myself and sean uh, for me uh they're not i think the greatest games in the world but for two kids that love star wars growing up <laughs> this was it these games were it. So I'm going to talk about Super Empire Strikes Back. Wait, like... That's scrolling. Yeah, you got to do it like that. There you go. Until <laughs> they did it the first game. time like that. So hard. So hard. Empire, Super Empire Strikes Back for us has a connection. Uh, it was one Christmas. And now this... Back in the day when uh, there wasn't the internet, so I couldn't <laughs> send messages, couldn't text, couldn't take pictures, couldn't do anything. We're very old. Yes. Yeah, we're old. We're old. <laughs> it was. It was. A, this game came out, and we both wanted it really bad. 
and our local video game store, Stop and Go Video. Uh, oh my god! Had it one day, and we—I was gonna go rent it. And it was right before Christmas, and I wanted—I had been trying to get it all of the time. I've been yeah. running there all of the time to get it, and it was never in. You'd go like every day was, to yeah. see if the game was in, you know. And, and it was in because it was around Christmas, and we were off, so I can get it. Mm-hmm. But my parents were like, um, "No, you're not allowed." <laughs> so I got it. For Christmas that year, and it was one of those like it, I think I got it on Christmas Eve because we were allowed to open like Dead. two different like presents. Uh-huh. I was allowed to get like I got my Christmas pajamas, which are traditional Christmas Eve gift, and then I got one gift to open because my dad works in the morning, whatever. Yeah, uh, and my family has a similar tradition, and it was Super Empire Strikes Back, and I remember losing my shit <laughs> as much as I could at that age. Yeah, and oh, yeah. you know, I'm a kid. And what do you do? You want to tell your friend. What did I have to do? Pick up the phone. Yeah, you have to. Pop, 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 boop. <laughs> What's and the phone? Call. So oh. you had to remember the phone number. Hello, is she, yeah. Is shot there? Yeah. <laughs> oh and then talk yeah, to her, like your mom or grandparents, and then like, you won't believe what I got. I got a super empire, and he got. And super I did. Back too. Because yeah. we also had that tradition of opening at least one game. I specifically knew. That it was most like that, you know, the, That's the box. Yeah, you know, right? Like that, that, that you could feel it. It's that size. And like, I knew it was going to be Super Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, like Joe, like just dying to play this game. I was so <laughs> hungry for it. Uh, because you start with the lightsaber. In Super yeah. Star Wars, you have to earn the lightsaber after like a few levels. Uh, you got to go find Obi Wan first. And in this one, you just start with it and you get force powers. So it was going to be better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember getting oh, it so and it exciting. being tough for me at least especially that especially once you had to get on like the the snow speeder and like your half your snow speeder is like the majority of the screen and you're getting hit it's, it's it's kind of the opposite of what we're saying about Mega Man X where the world is built for the movements that you're capable of doing Super Empire Strikes Back in particular but all of the Super Star Wars games are like what if you couldn't see where you were jumping. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of that. What if, if you couldn't see what was shooting you? Yeah. Like, and yeah, and you have there are like a lot of stages that are tall. You know, especially like the first stage is hot, and there are like sections that are like spike pits, and if you fall on them, you're dead. But sometimes you, you can, can just go down there. Yeah, but you don't know because you can't see how oh. far down. And like it was just. It's the the game design's rough. I went back to it fairly recently to play it, and I was so bad at it. Like I could get <laughs> pretty far into it as a kid, and I couldn't get to the, to the Wampa, which is the first. <laughs> Thank goodness because, for the game genie. Yeah, I, yeah. Cheat, I cheated through that game. I, <laughs> well, this one had I passed force. I had to do that for uh, Shadows of the Empire. Um, yes, that had great cheat codes, though. Yeah, I had like the I, ones that were like uh, Wampa Stampa was one. Yeah, I was with the yeah, Wampa. I used Wampa Stampa a lot. Stompa. I forget what it did. I think it was all power ups. Yeah, I think it was that because I remember using that to cheat through stuff. But anyway, um, what we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of this, one of the games I want to bring up. So I, like I said, I didn't have one of these growing up, but I knew lots of people who did. And one of my neighbors had a game. Every time I go over his house, I'd play it. Um, but it's the Simpsons Bart's Nightmare. Oh God, that game is so fucking frustrating. No, oh I, my I, God. I kind of love it. It's um, one of the hardest games I've ever played. 
Yeah, I can beat most of the stages in it. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get, but again, I played a lot of it growing up. Um, but yeah, I know a lot of it's nostalgia talking, but I, I do think it's a fun game. Once you, I'm I not going to do, it's probably, it's Figure definitely, it the, it's the, <laughs> definitely the worst game we've talked about this entire episode. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I, yes. I basketball. Yeah. <laughs> super Dennis. That might. But I don't know. I, I really like Bart's Nightmare. You get a lot of different types of games in it. Yeah. Because the whole series is, the whole game is just a series of like essentially mini games more or less. Yeah. But, uh, I I remember loving the concept of it and the and graphically it's like really good looking like yeah. they nail the oh and the, the the digitized voice sounds like the Simpsons in it you know yeah uh, but man that game is it has the the germ one right where you're like yeah. the mm-hmm. Bart germ and you can get killed yeah when you're you're it's basically like uh, vertical shooter dig dug you have to pump oh, them up and explode them yeah what, oh my god. And the, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, uh, tile puzzle that you have to jump yeah. across the Which floor. Which is like, near impossible. Yeah, the, oh. No, and, you, and the, once you, the baby level, the music's still in my brain. I can hear it. Same. It, no, like, the, the, the baby level's in the virtual Bart. <gasps> Am I getting Bart. that wrong? Oh, yeah. Which is a Bart's different game. Is the, the one where you have to get the grades. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, how you do on the level is the grade you Well, get. the best level is the Bartman level. I love that one. Um, we we're flying it, it around was, with flying around with swing spot shooting stuff. Um, there's the one where you, you play as Bartzilla. It's a Godzilla thing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's the Indiana Jones one. There's the the germ one where you're pumping up the germs. There's two more that I'm not remembering. But I also had Bart's name. Bart's name was the one I owned as a kid. I had it for Genesis, um, and I've beaten that game too. And I would say it's you mean virtual about, Bart. Yeah, virtual Bart. Yeah, sorry, but like you know, they're comparable. You can have fun in them, but they're not things you're gonna last with you. This is um this of the just the best the best Simpsons game on Super Nintendo was Krusty's Funhouse though. Wow, that game is a hidden gem. Uh, I, I think it's it, it is a really fun game, and I remember like it's Lemmings. Lemmings, right? yeah, yeah. It, yep. mm-hmm. it, it but it is really fun. It is like it's a clever. That's a brutally difficult game too. It's brutal, but uh, I, I hate the other ones. Like, they're just, I can't. I would rent them, like, thinking I could do something. Like, I, I thought I was oh, stupid. I couldn't play these games. They're just hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, some was this. The games, wow. like, so the NES had NES hard because they were still very much, like, inspired by, like, the, the arcade designs. Super Nintendo was getting away from it more, but like, some of these, some games are really hard on it. Like, the Super Star Wars games are extremely difficult, in my opinion. They're unforgiving. Like, yeah, unnecessarily my, punishing. Yeah, in my opinion, that that ruins the games for me. Yeah, and Return is about the easiest one, and that yeah. still has. It's still tough. Um, uh, I didn't. I so I haven't uh, talked about my. Or you, I don't want to cut you off. Are you done? No, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to move on to the next thing. Uh, I yeah, I haven't. Just I won't spend a lot of time talking about it. But uh, Adam's Family is one of those games that uh, it's a licensed game. Uh, it's does not look appealing because it's just like a it came out around the same time as the uh, uh the movie did with Raul Julia and uh ah. Angelica Houston yeah it, which was great but like it's just like a screenshot or the um it's the poster for the movie on the box art right mm-hmm. like there's nothing really that seems like it's gonna be good but it's actually uh essentially a metroidvania game uh but not in the same sense that you keep your power-ups. Your power-ups are, are temporary. You can lose them on death. But the whole house, you play in the Adams Family house, 
there's a kind of a hub in the, the house itself and control where you can move to different parts of it and like get different things that will unlock other areas. You have to go around and beat all the bosses of each section. I think the, the, the premise is that, uh, you know, you've been kicked out of your house, you're Gomez and you have to get the house back by like, it's like loosely tied into the movie plot. But in, unlike most movie tie-in games, it's actually really inventive and fun. And it's, there's a lot of problems with it. Like the controls are super loose. You just like slide around, you fly around the stage. Like there's a, there's a power up you can get that's running shoes and you move way too fast to control it. Like it's almost unplayable, but it's, it's so much fun and weird and uh, like a million different little secrets and like shortcuts. And you know, you know I, I remember going back and replaying this game like early on when Greg and I opened the store uh, just like when it was slow and we would like pick a random game out of the cabinet and, and mess around with it and just getting sucked back into it and actually playing through the entire game one day, much to Greg's dismay. Like I did no work. I just played Adam's family with Mario. And <laughs> I remember those days. They were, they were interesting times. And we beat it. And I just remember like, man, there's so much going on in this damn game. It is really neat. I forgot how <laughs> like, it just keeps going. Like the, it just really, it's not great. And it, like the music's not good and the graphics are pretty janky because it was one of those games that was on every console. Like there was a Genesis port, there was a, Ma I think there might've been a Master System version. There was like a Commodore, C it's anyway. And it was from Ocean uh, who didn't develop like consistently good games. Like they had some hits yeah. here and there, but most of the time they were like movie times. Pretty... Like, they were notoriously like- Yeah, like, so Ocean has a bad reputation. Right. They're, they they're, did... they're the European LJN in a way. Yes, yes. they did. Yeah. Jurassic Park, which was just awful and frustrating. Yeah, too. when I was like looking it, up underrated gems, every one of them had that Jurassic Park game, and I'm like, why? It it's was bad. I own that. I own, that's one of the few games. I, I had owned. the NES version, so I had an even worse one. That one's really bad. But yeah. the the SNES one uh, had Doom segments where you could use the mouse to control it. Right. Yeah. Yes. It was like to put down the controller, which made it like, it's yeah. But that was a weird game. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to mention Adam's family because it's like no one, no one's going to see that on a shelf without knowing that it's interesting and like ever give it a second glance. You know, but it's well I, worth I, a pick up. I finally I saw that movie for the first time last year. What? Because oh, I, at Harry's house, right? Yeah, we we're at Harry's house because we got the pinball machine, and everyone's talking about Adam's family. I was like, you know, I never got around to watching that movie. Oh my god, it was like so inescapable when we were kids. I really liked it. Um, it was great. Yeah. I, I love I, Raul Julia. <laughs> I think it holds up. And then I went and watched some of the old original Adams Family show on, uh, I think it was on Amazon or Hulu or something. And I'm like, this movie is way better. Yeah, the movie actually was like a, yeah. it was, you know, the 90s had that trend of like, let's go back and do TV shows from the 50s and 60s and make them a live action. Like the Flintstones got that. Like Brady Bunch and Beverly Hills, uh, their movie, uh, yeah. you know, and and that was one that probably shouldn't have worked. At oh all. no, it there's has no reason to be as good as it is. Christopher Lloyd is, uh, oh, as Uncle Fest there. Oh, all right, yeah, let's like let's let's side start uh, yeah. a podcast about the Adams family too while we're at it. But yeah, I just thought it was yeah, interesting to bring up. But, but you know, but yeah, it's also a good way to plug that. Hey, we've got that. You can play that at our store, the pinball game. Um, right. But yeah, if there's anything else you guys want to want to bring up, I I think uh, we can we can start wrapping this up. Uh, the goal is always to be an hour, and we always go way long. So, um, oh I'm, 
the Super yep. Nintendo to an hour. It's it's impossible. Yeah. There's so um, many games we haven't mentioned. So many. Oh my god! Yeah. There, there was a couple of games I was debating on bringing up, but because of like price and rarity, I was hesitant. Let's hold to. down for for a, a part two. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I mean, there, we should. Yeah. We could always come back to it because we. I wanted I wanted to talk about like this was the first instance of like actually paying attention to what Jap- Japan got and wanting yeah. the Japanese games and like yeah. imported games and like the whole scene around imports really blew up around that like you could talk about that forever so I mean uh, the we briefly touched about the pre-rendered like mm-hmm. you know oh, towards yeah, we the end of the life cycle Trump, like right there's so much more you can talk about but i think um uh, yeah because we probably made people yeah thoroughly sick of hearing us yeah well i i I will change up we'll probably change up the lineup a little bit um for a little inside baseball i was trying to get uh if you watched the ninja turtles episode i was trying to get chris randazzo to come back for us uh for for this episode specifically because he's uh, a hard guy well well he also literally wrote the book on super nintendo He's one of the contributors to the SNES uh, Omnibus, where they detail every single Super Nintendo game released in the United States. Yeah, we got to get him on here. Yeah, so is he going to tell us how wrong we were about all the things we thought we remembered? Oh, and oh, you're wrong about this, and you're wrong about this. Well, I hope he watches <laughs> this and puts Super it in tennis and yeah, he, beer. I hope he watches this and puts it in the comments uh, for this video and pot and wherever the podcast is, because that's good for our, our engagement algorithm. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chris, tell us how we're wrong. Feed the algorithm. <laughs> But yeah, obviously, I, I always say, well, you know, even if, because I have a lot of friends uh, we have th- uh, that want to come on the show that like would work for, for various uh, topics, but just for logistics sake, we can't have everyone on at once. Um, so I, I'm, always, I'm always willing to circle back. There's so much more we could talk about oh, um, with, with, with just, just the broad term of Super Nintendo, you know? Right. Um, that we'll definitely come back to it. Um, let's, let's, do, let's do a yearly breakdown of Super Nintendo. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we joked in the last episode about Deep Space Nine that we're going to have to come back like every other month and talk about each season specifically of the show. <laughs> um, which is fine because I have tons of Star Trek fans who have not been on the two two of the ten episodes that we talked about Star Trek with yet. Oh my god, you guys. I haven't even had Becca on yet. but um, it's, it's okay, listen. It's, it's, it's okay to like something. It doesn't mean that you have to pattern your entire life around how much you love that thing yeah. that you like yes. as much as you do. It, uh, you could talk about other things <laughs> other than <laughs> trying to find something. You, and if you're not watching, I'm holding up Evangelion stuff because I'm yeah. uh, surrounded by Evangelion. I, I mean, none, to, none I, of I us have a Mac tonight class. That's all. <laughs> I mean, none of us can talk about anything considering uh, what business you guys decided to form and that we right now we yeah. hold on. Here we go. We're awesome. like, well, we're like Voltron. Really <laughs> <laughs> Katie, that's also so when you bad. get up, there's there's the helmet, and then yes. you can see that. Oh and then, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Rush, and I saw the poster earlier. Yeah. But anyway, I also have three busters. Just so you guys know. Well, say how many helmets do you have now? Just the just one. one. <laughs> just the one helmet. Just the one. <laughs> <laughs> those are rookie numbers, Katie. No, yeah, listen. Numbers up. My one shelf over here is literally all Mega Man. Yeah, it's yeah. All Mega Man. I, know. I have this. This isn't to hide a mess. It's to hide my shame. Of <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I, I love that. There it is. From one of Harry's podcasts, from from uh, Hailing Frequencies, all, all all my sh- my ships. Oh uh, yeah, Patrick ships behind you. Yeah, that's well, nice. I I know there's there's there, there's been t- uh, a couple people have talked to me about episodes they want to do. 
um, and then I'll find an excuse for that. And some of those episodes have some mega fans that we know, and I'm not going to name names just yet. Um, um, I can't wait. Yeah, Sean, you're going to be on one of them if I if I can. <laughs> uh, I want to do I I want to do an episode where we compare the Star Wars trilogies because uh, you're going to be my more general Star Wars fan, I think, of the okay. bunch. I am. I am a better. I would say, like, just not to toot my own horn, I am probably a more well-adjusted Star Wars fan than your average oh. Star Wars fan. No offense to the Star Wars fans yeah. out no, there, but fair. it is a very toxic community sometimes. It is. I know. Listen, I love when people come in and talk to us about stuff. I, all right, let, let's, yeah. let's wrap this up. We can talk about this off yeah, the we, air. We'll talk about this <laughs> off the air. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so so I think that's going to do it for for this episode for us. Uh, Joe and Katie, where can we find you guys on this wide world? In our house. Um, <laughs> um, well, I hope people are finding you there. You mean like social media wise? Social media, and you guys do a pretty uh, regular thing on the internet. I figured you might want to plug. That's called a softball, guys. You yeah. Just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. From baseball. Well, like I talked about in the baseball podcast. Uh, uh, we're part of a streaming group on Twitch called Poorly Played Games. Uh, we're all kind of in flux with everything going on with new jobs and this and that, but uh, you can follow us on there. Uh, it's poor, poorly Played Games on Twitch. <laughs> you just go to Twitch, type in Poorly Played Games, and then it'll pull you up to the page, hit that follow button, and you'll see when we go live. We'll play everything. Smash that. Like Smash that. Just yeah. get in there. Whoa now, whoa now. Calm down. Calm. Uh, we'll play all sorts of stuff. All the games we probably talked about retro-wise here today, we'll probably play or have played. Yeah. Not, not Super Tennis, though. We haven't gotten to so I, I know, I know you play a lot of Binding Isaac on there. But uh, Usually, yeah, right? Yeah. Where you can find us. Um, obviously, the rest of us, uh, Love Up Entertainment, um, you know, comic book video game store, just general nerd trees. Um, uh, we're, you know, we're in the Hamilton Mall in Mays Landing, New Jersey. Um, you, we have a website, levelupentertainment.com. We're that on every form of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Live journal. I think we still have a Tumblr. I don't <laughs> think we've logged into it in forever. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to pretend like we just lost a password for that one, I think. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's a stretch. I couldn't figure I don't think I could <laughs> possible. If I tried to log into it. Um you right, into? but you know, you know, right now a couple of things we got going on. We're still got free comic book summer, so every uh Wednesday um until September fifth, um we get new books uh that were for free comic book day. Obviously that got canceled due to the, the quarantine going into effect. The quarantine? Oh Greg. Yeah. Uh, See, Greg has a new baby, and he's he's a little bit removed yeah. from uh, reality. But we'll talk after this. I have yeah. some. I have uh, some we'll, we'll catch him up. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so there's there's new free books every week. Um, and if you order anything on our online store, and just uh, in the notes, remind us that you want some. We'll give them to you. Um, we also have uh, this August, which is when this is coming. This episode's coming out. Um, hey, it's our our thirteenth birthday. This. this <gasps> Um, so usually, it's, yeah, usually, yeah, usually we, as, can, as, yeah, oh, sorry. I was going to go. I was, yeah, was going to say as, as typical teenager, we're all grounded. That's why now I'd be there all at once. Yeah. So <laughs> I was going to go with the puberty joke, but I like yeah. that one. So, so but usually we'll go and do some changes. Usually we do a big event in store with like cake and all kinds of fun activities to do. 
This year, my, my plan was like, all right, we're turning 13 next year. We're going to make it a bar mitzvah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Today just, you are a store. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've become a business. Um, we're no longer a limited liability company. We're a full liability company. But um, but I, I obviously, obviously because of coronavirus, we, we don't want to encourage a, a, a lot of big congregations and stuff. Obviously, we are open so you can come in um, and, and pick things up. But I, I wouldn't want to we, we, we're not well hey we're also not allowed to, to to have a big gathering you can't give you cake anymore i'm so yeah. sorry and even if yeah. we could like i probably wouldn't want it um but anyway come on into our store and eat cake that's been we're, sitting we're, out for hours it's okay guys we're, we're doing a lot of uh, uh online, we're doing a lot of online events for it um right now um we're receiving and i've been posting um i reach we reached out to every guest that's ever been to any of our events um, and they're sending us little birthday wishes videos. If you have one you would like to send to us, um, just send it to contact at levelupentertainment.com. Um, obviously, as long as it's not, uh, as long as it's appropriate to post, I will post it. Um, but yeah, you can you can link to, you know, let me know what your social media handles and stuff are on that. And I'll, I'll make sure you get shout outs on that. And we'll put, we're posting at least one of those a day for the foreseeable future. Um, we're also doing, we're gonna do a, a scavenger hunt on our web store. Um, I haven't had the details posted yet. Uh, they may or may not be up when this li uh, this goes up. We're going to do uh, uh, different giveaway birthday uh, birthday giveaway weekends online. Um, we're going to be doing a very special edition of this podcast at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to be doing a level up retrospective. I'm going to have Sean and Greg returning. Oh, well, I was invited to this one. You have been very much invited. I've talked to everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. You know, we're going to have some surprises. But I, what I want to do with that one is I want you guys to submit us questions you have for the store. I would That's love good. to. Uh, you know, snowboard, see what you guys want to want to know about, you know, some of our various escapades over the these 13 years. But we're also going to share a lot of stories. Um, we have a lot of interesting things to talk about that we've done and experienced. Um, like exactly how many cartridges I've licked over the years. Yes. The, and how many the answer will surprise you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> answer may shock you. If that's oh, not a book, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, yeah, Carts I've licked. The Sean Rothwell experience. <laughs> I say he stopped with the switch. That's why they made them taste so gross. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we gotta stop this. <laughs> this guy, this guy's out of control. This is a bridge too far. You got this guy on Twitter. He keeps looking at all the Super Nintendo games. You can't, you can't have this effect. So I don't know if it's obvious to listeners, but uh, we're, we're recording this pretty late, so we're all getting a little slap happy. So, <laughs> yeah, <we're pretty laughs> so many Super Nintendo. But yeah, so basketball. But yeah, if you guys have any suggestions for future topics you'd like to see us cover, um, please let us know. Leave either and and give us comments on uh, Super Nintendo games you think are your favorites or ones we've missed or any other kinds I of gems. Yeah, tell us how wrong we are and how Bubsy is the best thing that's ever existed. Bubsy and Shaq Fu for ever. yeah for, for life. Um, Bubsy, 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 Bobcat. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong encouraging people to talk about Bubsy? Um, no, I love it. Like I'm probably <laughs> wrong. I know Wes is always trying to put Bubsy in the TV, and I'm like, Wes, we have Super Mario World. Put things that people will actually buy. <laughs> like unironically, like we're saying it. Don't play Bubsy, guys. If you take fall you damage, you can jump really high. It doesn't Bubsy make any is sense. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, awesome. Game. Well, we all like Wes is facing games. Yeah. Um, but anyway, again, to finish this off, uh, that'll be it for us tonight. So until next time, everyone stay safe out there. <laughs>